back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those of you that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot of our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama joining you today, and I have a very special guest joining me to explore the topic, Surrendering Grief for Good. But first, a brief note from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. My mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call whatever works best for you. And so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you you need it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you guys want 10% off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful.com slash coffee and Bible time and you get 10% off your first month. And of course it is cheaper than traditional in-person counseling anyway. So overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it, but let's just get on. On to the pocket. Oh, one other, one other thing too is that you have the option of with your counselor that they are Christian counselors, and so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh wow! Thanks for that. Our guest today is Ashley Obliger. She is from Bridget's Cradles, the founder and executive director. Ashley is married to Matt, and they have three children, Bridget in heaven, Branton, a toddler son, and a baby boy on the way. She is a fully devoted follower of Christ and longs to glorify him with her life. Ashley's desire and mission is to share the hope of Christ in heaven with families grieving the loss of a baby. Ashley leads Hope Gatherings monthly Christ-centered support groups in person in Wichita, Kansas, and online for women and couples throughout the country. You can read more about her daughter's life story on her website. But here, she's with me now to tell us a little bit about her journey. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Just to give our audience a little background when... Ashley reached out to us originally and sent me all of her information and her website. I was just, uh, I was just in awe of how God can use our grief for good and for his glory. And so I just 
am so pleased that you decided to come on our podcast. Why don't we start out by having you tell us your story of losing Bridget and walk us through your faith journey through that time? Yes, I would love to. Yes. So my husband and I, um, as you mentioned, we have three children, one in heaven and and two here on earth, one about to be born here very soon. And we, after we got married in 2014, we, we got pregnant really quickly on our honeymoon, which um, was surprising, especially because um, after after my pregnancy with Bridget, we discovered that I had some infertility issues and hormonal issues that had caused the problems in my pregnancy with her, but also caused infertility and difficulties getting pregnant with our two other um, sons. And so really, it was just a miracle that, you know, God was able to get us pregnant that quickly. And obviously, now that we know Bridget's entire life story, we know exactly why um, he had miraculously conceived her for this purpose um, and her purpose on earth. But we were um, just married, like I said, and finding out we were expecting and so excited and happy to be welcoming a little baby into our family. And um, I was about 13 weeks into my pregnancy. I was at work. I used to be a speech language pathologist and working with children with special needs. That's um, what my master's degree is in. And um, that was my passion and calling before God called me into ministry. And so I was there at work and all of a sudden had really heavy bleeding and was rushed to the emergency room and honestly had no idea what was going on, was just so scared and, you know, wasn't sure if this was a miscarriage or what, you know, what was happening. And so the doctors did the Doppler and the ultrasound and found that I had what was called a subchorionic hemorrhage. And that's when the area around the womb is bleeding. And for me, it was bleeding behind the placenta, which was very serious. And so thankfully they were able to find her heartbeat. She was still alive, but they said, you know, sometimes these hemorrhages can heal, but sometimes they, they get worse and we really don't know which direction it's going to take. And so we, the best thing that you can do is go home and just be on bed rest as for the remainder of the pregnancy. And so at that time, like I said, I was 13 weeks and went on leave from work and stayed in bed for the next 11 weeks. I, the only time that I really got out of the house, I was for doctor's appointments. And then one time my mom pushed me around the aisles of target in a wheelchair. And that was it. The rest of the time I was in my bed or going to the toilet because of my bleeding and changing pads. And I know that's a lot of information, but that was just a really dark time for me because I was basically alone. You know, my husband was at work and I was alone in, in my bedroom just facing this incredibly sad situation of praying and praying and praying for my daughter that she would be born healthy and full term and that my womb would heal and, and the hemorrhage would would heal. But every single time we would go to the doctor's office, they would say, you know, the hemorrhage is getting larger and she's becoming growth restricted. And um, it just increasingly the situation became more grim. And during that phase of my faith journey, even though I had been walking with Jesus before this and had always known Jesus and loved Jesus, I really started to question my faith and was questioning him, you know, how, how could he let this happen to me really was my question is, where are you, God? Why are you letting this happen? Why aren't you answering my prayers? Um, I'm praying and praying and praying. I, I follow you. I love you. You know, where are you? 
um, obviously looking back on that, I, I know that um, God does not um, give good to those who follow him and, and, you know, bad to those who don't. Um, that's not how the world works. But at that time, I just was really struggling with how God could allow this to be part of my story because it just was so unfathomable and, and heartbreaking for me. And so when she was born, um, which was at 24 weeks, um, the week prior, I had actually been hospitalized again because of bleeding and, and clots and things. And the NICU doctor came in and said, you know, if she's born soon, which we really anticipate that she will be, that your body is not going to be able to hold on much longer. Um, we're probably not going to be able to save her life. She's so tiny. She was four weeks growth restricted and they didn't think that any of their IVs or any, any of their medical equipment would work. And she was just going to be so tiny to be able to survive. And so we just left that hospital um, time in the hospital, just completely heartbroken and truly just not knowing what to do, what, you know, what, what to do other than to pray. And so my mom, who's actually a postpartum nurse at that same hospital and um, a knitter, she went home and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to make something for my granddaughter. This is, I feel like this is an out of control situation, but this is one thing that I can do. And so she started knitting this tiny little mint green blanket, which mint green was the color of my nursery when I was a baby and my little green blankie that I carried around all the time. And so she made this little blanket. And after she made it, she wondered how would she swaddle such a tiny baby in this blanket? And she just says she has a God, she had a God moment at that time. And God just revealed to her that she was supposed to knit the sides up and turn it into a little cradle. And she did that and sewed on lace around the edges and put a little cross at the foot of the cradle. And actually, sorry, it was at the head of the cradle for Bridget's original cradle. But now when we make them, we put them at the foot. And so anyway, that was the start of it. She put it in her hospital bag. She didn't tell me she made it. She was praying that we wouldn't need it. But then a week later was when I went into labor and my placenta completely abrupted and I um, delivered Bridget and she was already, she had already passed away and had been, um, in heaven with Jesus. And so in those moments when we were just completely heartbroken and overwhelmed with grief and we just, it was just so emotional and so overwhelming and all of that. But even through that, just having this little cradle to hold her in, because they originally put her in, you know, the large mm -hmm. traditional hospital blanket and it just kind of swallowed her up and we couldn't really feel her. But the cradle allowed us to bond with her, to love on her, to snuggle her, kiss on her, pass her to our family members who could be there with her. And truly the cradle changed everything for us that day and just gave us a new perspective on um, grief and everything. It just gave us peace and hope somehow in that, in those 24 hours that we got to be with her. So that's really the story of how it came to be at, at that time, obviously on her birthday, we weren't expecting or knowing that God was going to do what he's done through it. But that was the start of our faith journey of realizing okay, this has been a really horrible and sad, you know, difficult situation to walk through, but God is with us and he is giving us peace in these heartbreaking moments in our sadness. He's holding our hand and he's, he's here with us. And that was for me, a turning point of going through those prior 11 weeks of just questioning his goodness and questioning his plans, just to surrendering and saying, okay, God, I don't really understand why this is my story. I don't understand why Bridget had to go to heaven and 
couldn't have been born healthy on earth and we couldn't have raised her here. Mm -hmm. But it was that beginning for me of seeing, okay, God, I think there is good coming from this. And I'm just going to choose to surrender and walk with you in my grief because I can't walk without you through this. I don't know how to, you know. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Right. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing your story and just. I can just, even though our listeners can't see you, I can just even, I can see you through Zoom here and I can see just how um, you're just so heartfelt and that was such a a difficult time for you. But yet at the same time, God started to reveal how he used that situation for his glory. Tell us a little bit about then your transition from going through that grief into starting Bridget's Cradles. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to share just a short story just about that surrendering grief for good. So the day, so five days after she was born, um, we had a service for her at the church and just with our immediate families and had that time to remember and celebrate her life. And after the church service, um, the funeral home was there and they closed her casket up. We said our goodbyes before that. And they, she was actually, her casket was put inside a hearse and we were required, you know, then to follow the hearse to the cemetery, which was just a very surreal moment as a mother to be in my vehicle, in my car, um, following a hearse to cemetery to bury my daughter. It just, it was so incredibly difficult. And one of the moments in my life where I just felt like, is this even real life? This feels like a nightmare that I'm living Um, But the story that um, that actually just was revealed to me this year, six years later, um, we had followed the hearse from the West Wichita, Wichita, Kansas is where I'm from, the church to the East Wichita Cemetery. And for some reason, the driver, the funeral director chose to go on this northern highway over the city that goes through the small town called Keechai, Kansas, and then went back down toward the cemetery. And this wasn't a route that we took normally. And to be honest, I didn't think anything of it at the time. But now the headquarters that you see me in now is in Kichai, this building that God ordained for us to move into our headquarters in in 2018. This is where we do all of our operations. This is where we have support groups. This is where we welcome volunteers and bereaved moms. We had driven on that 
through that funeral procession right next to where this building was going to be built the next year. And so the only reason I realized it that, like I said, six years later was because I took a picture after we had turned off the highway of the, these sunbeams that had broken out of the gray clouds that were surrounding and they were the the sunbeams were coming down onto the cemetery and it was this ray of hope for me. Mm. And so in this picture, you can see the hearse and then you can see where the cemetery is and you can see this light coming down. But, and that's the reason I took the picture because I wanted to remember that little moment of hope of saying, God saying in that difficult day, I'm, I'm with your daughter. She's here in heaven with me. You have the hope to see her again. Mm-hmm. But then when I looked at it six years later, I realized, oh my goodness, that's on the road right next to where our headquarters is. So that means that Bridget had driven by along with our families. And it just touched me so much to, to have that special connection because it's just showing that God is looking down on the, us. And here we were on this dark, dark, difficult day and God was, you know, already knew in his sovereignty what was going to come from this and what he was going to build and how he was going to use her life and my life for good. And so I think the point of the story is just to say, like, when you're going through this, you can only see, you know, straight ahead what's mm-hmm. what you're faced with. But God sees this huge picture of what's to come and what he can do when you surrender. And it, it's just so beautiful to me that. Uh, he's just amazing. His faithfulness is amazing how he can walk through that. And so really from, from those moments after her funeral and everything, we had gotten feedback from the hospital uh, them saying, you know, we've never seen anything like this little cradle. We really need these for our families. We have 200 losses a year and we have nothing to put these tiny babies who are born in the second trimester of pregnancy where using these large blankets or we're using these tiny washcloths and it's just not a respectful dignified way to present a baby to their family and so my mom started making more cradles and we I started making a website and a blog and really from there I just had this moment of surrender in her empty nursery and I just said okay God if you are who you say you are and you have risen from the dead and you have overcome death. And I have the hope of the gospel to see my daughter in heaven. Then I'm going to be all in for you. And I will do anything that you ask. It was just this moment for me, a kind of a crisis of faith of saying, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to choose to walk with you through this and I will do anything because the hope that he has given me is the greatest hope that I could imagine. There's no, there's nothing else that a bereaved mother could possibly want other than seeing her baby and her child again for eternity. And that's what he gives us. No one else can give us anything that comes close to, to help us through our grief. And so for that, that was really the start of Bridget's Cradles. And from there, God just did open door after door and, you know, had, we had some national uh, media exposure that helped us spread the word. And from that point to starting in our local hospital to now, which we've been a nonprofit for five years, we're now donating our cradles to over a thousand hospitals in all 50 States. Wow. We think we're probably in about a third of all hospitals with labor and delivery units. And our, our dream and our vision is to one day be able to have them available at every hospital for every single family that goes through this. Um, I know that's a big dream, but we have a big God and he can do anything. And we've, oh. he's shown us that time and time again. 
So that is what we do. We, we send the cradles to hospitals for free. They're free to the families. We also provide support groups online and in person here at our headquarters. Um, we also have an event every year on Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. We provide hope-filled resources on our website and social media. Really, we just try to do anything that we can to provide hope and healing and comfort to families who are grieving the loss of a baby. Oh, that's just tremendous. Can you maybe share with our listeners um, a time where you've watched someone who's been able to um, use one of the cradles and maybe just even a further extension of how God has revealed himself through that and someone else? Yes. And we actually do have some video testimonials on our website of some moms that have personally shared their testimonies. Um, and I would really encourage you to to watch those videos because it's, it's impactful to hear their baby's life story, but then also how um, God has blessed them through the ministry of Bridget's Cradles. But we have, um, especially here locally, because we're able to meet moms face-to-face, we of course get emails from all over the country of families who have received cradles and they they share their story and their picture with us over email. Um, but here in Wichita, because we have the support groups here, we actually get to meet the moms and then walk through their grief in person. And so we've had several moms who have received a cradle at the hospital here, Wesley Medical Center or St. Joe, and then they come to our support groups and we can walk with them through that. And they tell us, you know, that the cradle, and this is how we felt on the day that we received the cradle, but this is what they share too, is that the the cradle was just such a comfort and a blessing that someone had taken the time that didn't know them, a knitter or crocheter somewhere in the country, because we have knitters and crocheters everywhere that send their cradles to us. Someone took the time to make the cradle for their baby and to make it so special and honoring. And, you know, that's the only thing that the family will ever get to put their baby in. They don't get to put all the clothes and the blankets and the swaddles that they had bought for their baby. And so it's so impactful. And some of the families will choose to bury their baby in the cradle. And that's just very comforting to them. That's what we had chosen. Other families will keep the cradle as a keepsake and they'll put it in like a little shadow box. Some moms have even told told us that they will sleep with the cradle because it's that extension mm. of their baby, you know, that, that had touched that is the only thing that their baby touched on this earth. And so we've just heard story after story of the impact, you know, it, it seems like such a small thing, just this little cradle made of yarn, but it's, it really does have such, such power to, to change lives and provide so much comfort. And then of course, being able to share the hope of heaven with them, whether it's in person or online um, is a huge part of it for us too, because obviously the cradle is only a comfort for a temporary amount of time, but the hope that we have to see our babies again for eternity is a hope that we have forever. So that's really our mission and why, why we do what we do. And I just want to encourage our listeners when you're done listening to this podcast, you absolutely have to check out her website, which we will give you that information at the end of this podcast. But that's, I was so touched by watching um, those videos and just seeing the photography and the precious babies in the cradles. And um, I think you too um, will enjoy watching that and just seeing God at work. 
So um, what would you say like would be sort of the main thing that God has taught you about his faithfulness through these trials? Yes, there's so many things. Just even just the fact that he is faithful, I think, because when we're going through dark times, regardless of if it's the loss of a child or a divorce or loss of a parents or any sort of grief or trauma or tragedy that you could go through on in this world there's so many things I think when we're in those moments it's so difficult to see beyond it and it's so difficult to believe that a good God would allow these things to happen and in our human nature even though we know in our head if we're a Christian we know in our head that God is good and that God loves us in our hearts we feel does he really love me? Does, is he good to me? He's good to other people, but why am I going through this? You know, when I've prayed for a different outcome and, you know, when you walk through unanswered prayers and outcomes that are so different from what you thought your life would be like, Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to trust God through that. And so for me, it's been not just training my mind to, to know that God is good and that God is faithful, but to train my heart to believe it, to feel it. And so that's something that's been difficult for me is to have that difference between the head and the heart and to know God is good. He really does love me. And even when I'm going through these things, he's not punishing me. In fact, so many times I, when I have hindsight and I look back on it, I realize, no, he set me apart. He allowed me to go through that suffering because he had something good you know, for it and through it. And so I think it's changed my perspective of suffering. And, you know, first Peter, if you go through that chapter, there's so much about suffering and viewing that in the lens of eternity and how, you know, we think our, our suffering is just so heavy and permanent. It's going to last forever, but it's light and momentary when we compare it to eternity in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so just having that perspective, beyond this earth and beyond this life and knowing that he's faithful and that going through trials is no reflection of his love for you or, you know, that you're being punished, that he loves you and that he's going to walk through it with you. Just even looking at the life of Jesus himself. I mean, he was tortured and ridiculed and rejected and betrayed and all of the things that as humans, we hate, you know, we would never want to go through, but God himself went through those things. And, and so if he went through those things as followers of Christ, we know we're going to go through that. He tells us we're going to have troubles in this earth, but he has, you know, take heart. He has overcome the world. So for me, that's my hope. And that's, that's, I guess my advice through suffering is just to have that perspective and to try to really feel it in your heart and know that he is good even in the hard, hard times of life. Right, right. And just to allow yourself to grieve, because you are still experiencing that loss. Yes. But getting to that point where you can, you know, you have your hope and trust in Christ and that he will get you through that. Um, Yes, I'm glad that you said that, because I think, I think so many people think, well, okay, if I'm a Christian, I just need to have this hope and this, you know, view of suffering, and then it's all better. 
But even though I had all of that, like I told you, I was still grieving. I was still heartbroken. I was still crying all the time. I had to go through that grief. And that's something that is so important that we always tell our moms in support groups is that it is important to sit in your sadness. It is important to give yourself permission to grieve because when we try to stuff it down or avoid it or stay busy or distracted, we're just pushing this down and preventing God from healing our heart. We have to grieve in order to heal. And so, and also grieving is not something that this timetable or these linear stages of grief that everyone's going to follow exactly. It's, you know, there's so many emotions that you go through and, and everybody goes through that differently. And, grief is kind of a lifelong thing. I mean, I would say God has healed my heart for sure, but I'm six years out and I still miss my daughter and I still can't wait to see her again. And that's not going to go away until I take my last breath, you know? So I, I think having unrealistic expectations of grief can really be difficult because our culture is not always very, um, inclined to know how to deal with people who are going through grief. Yes. Most definitely. Thank you. Those are just such encouraging words. Um, And as you know, and mentioned, there are so many miscarriages that um, it's a tremendous area of suffering. And I'm just thrilled that you have really answered God's call to step out and use your grief for his good. And you've had such an amazing impact on, on so many people and for God's kingdom. And so I just, I applaud you. I thank you. Um, Before we wrap things up, how, if one of our listeners, I'm sure there's going to be many that are just absolutely touched um, by what you've shared, how can they get in contact with you or how could they take part um, in your ministry? Yes. Yes. So we have our website, which is bridgetscradles.com. And on there, there's um, different tabs at the top. If you're looking to volunteer and we have knitting and crocheting volunteer um, application on there, which you can live anywhere in the country to knit or crochet for us. You just sign up on the website and then we send you the patterns and the information on what yarns to use. And then you actually mail them to our headquarters here. And then our volunteers here will finish sewing them and tagging them. And then we take all of the hospital orders that come in and distribute them out from here. And so volunteers looking to do that can can sign up on our website. We also have um, giving opportunities you can find on our website. Um, our donation, all of the donations to Bridges Cradles, 100% of them are used for our programs and services. We don't have any paid staff. We have very little overhead. We just 100% um, put everything into the mission of comforting families. And then If you're a bereaved family and you've gone through a miscarriage or stillbirth, we have so many resources on our website for you. We have lists of um, memorial ideas that you can do for your baby. We have blog posts. We have stories. We have access to our support groups. We have a monthly support group on Zoom. So no matter where you live in the country, you can sign up for that. That's something that I lead, and it's a Christ-centered support group for women who have gone through 
through miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant loss. And then uh, if you're local to Wichita, Kansas, by some chance, and you're listening, um, we also have information on our events that are in person here. Obviously, with COVID, things have had to change a little bit. We haven't had as many um, in-person volunteer gatherings and, you know, support groups in person, just because we're trying to keep everyone safe. But um, all of that is on our website. We also have a Facebook and Instagram page. And then I have my own personal Facebook and Instagram page, which is just Ashley Opliger. And that um, I share about grief and ministry as well. But I also share about my family, my faith, um, motherhood, all all of the things um, that make up who I am. So there's that as well. So any of those avenues, you can reach out to us if you have any questions or want to get connected. We would love to meet you. Oh, thank you so much, Ashley. It's just You're a joy to have um, shared this time together. And I just will be praying um, fervently that God will continue to use your ministry for his glory. Thanks again. Thank and for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. You can find links on our website and Ashley's website as well. Have a great day, everybody.